It is good to see all of you out this morning, and we are glad that you are here with us. Our lesson for this morning concludes a series that we have been doing on fruitful Christian growth and how we grow in Christian graces. We have been using the text from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. And we'll begin here once more. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. We have been going through these one by one, beginning with faith and how faith is the foundation of all things regarding Christianity. Without faith, we are not going to be enticed, for lack of a better word, to, to encourage maybe to pursue these other things. So faith is very important. We are to add to faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness. And last week we discussed the importance of brotherly kindness or love of the brethren, love for the brethren. And so we take from brotherly kindness and you add to that love. And I think that the emphasis here is not so much on loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, there's place for that and, that and that's what we discussed last week. But this love that we're talking about here, I believe is more with an emphasis on loving all. We are to love all people. We are to love those in the world um, we sang the song, the gospel is for all. We carry the gospel to the world because we love the world. And so we are to express that love for the world. Love is of great importance to us as Christians. As a matter of fact, we are taught that love is the greatest of the commands. Matthew 22, in, in verses 35 through 40, there's a lawyer that poses a question to Jesus. In verse 36 of Matthew 22, he says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And what is Jesus' answer? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I like to compare this to the Ten Commandments because when you look at the Ten, Commandment, the Ten Commandments, you find that the first four commandments deal with loving God, placing no other above Him, honoring the, the holy day that He gave them, the Sabbath, at the time. And the last six of those commandments deal with loving neighbor and how we treat our neighbor. 
You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet your neighbor's thing. Those things deal with loving our neighbor and those around us. Paul, in teaching on the greatness of love in 1 Corinthians 13, and verse 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. As I mentioned before, last week's emphasis was more so on brotherly love and love of the brethren. But as we look at our lesson today, our emphasis is more on love for all people. Love for all people. I give you one lesson objective to learn the importance of love in the life of a Christian. And certainly it is a very important thing that we add to our lives. We're going to be taking our lesson from the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon. It's a very short book. It's a letter that is written from Paul to Philemon, who was a slave owner. And it is in regard to Onesimus. I had, had never really thought, this is not an original thought with me. Uh, but as I was going through some, some things that had been given to me, uh, I found some, some notes on how love is applied in the book of Philemon. And so I want to share with you some of those thoughts for our lesson today. As I mentioned a moment ago, Philemon is a slave owner. And so Paul is writing to him as a slave owner. One of his slaves, by the name of Onesimus, had run away from him and somehow crossed paths with Paul. And so he finds himself in in Paul's presence, through the word of God and a knowledge of the truth, Onesimus was converted to Christianity. Paul taught him what he needed to know about becoming a Christian, and he becomes a Christian. Paul looks upon him not as a slave necessarily, but as a soul, an important soul, an important soul to God. For honesty's sake, Paul sent him back to his master as more than a slave, but also a brother in Christ. And he encourages Philemon to receive him as a brother in Christ. As Paul writes to Philemon, there are four aspects of love that are exhibited in his letter. These four aspects we can apply to our understanding of love today. Number one, that love has a ministry that serves the worst. Number two, that love has a courtesy that gains the most. Number three, that love has an honesty that will not take advantage in the least. And number four, that love has an expectancy that looks for the best. These help us to not only understand what love is, but they also help us to apply love in our dealings with other people. 
Onesimus came to Paul as a non-Christian. But out of Paul's love for him, he was taught the gospel and converted to Christianity. Philemon, on the other hand, was a Christian. And Paul wrote to him as a brother in Christ, encouraging him to receive Onesimus as a brother in Christ. So we have two very different individuals. One coming from a non-Christian background, one that comes from a Christian background. And so as we look at the two, we see a great example of how each is treated. There are those that are in the church, brothers and sisters in Christ. Those of us that are gathered here today, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love each other as brethren. But we also need to understand the importance of receiving those who are in the world. Those that are outside of Christ. Those that have never obeyed the gospel. Those who may have never been taught the gospel. We need to receive them in love as well. And treat them with love and kindness in that regard. There are questions that I have from the letter that is written to Philemon. Questions that may never be answered. Why hadn't Philemon tried to convert his slave? Or maybe he had. What would have, have been the result had he done so? Why did Onesimus run away? Was Philemon unfair to him? These are things that we're not necessarily told in Scripture. And the questions are not important to us. The more so what we find in Scripture is of great importance. And that's what I want to share with you today. And so we move on to love's superlatives. Love's superlatives. The things that, that we gain from this book that we understand about love and how it was written and how it was expressed throughout this letter. We begin with love that serves the worst. Love that serves the worst. It is possible that Onesimus had stolen from his master because Paul was willing to repay what was lost or taken. We do not know that to be fact, but it is a possibility. We begin by looking at verses 18 and 19 of Philemon. Uh, again, Philemon is one chapter. Uh, it's a very short letter that is written. Um, but we read verses 18 and 19 of Philemon. It says, but if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay. Not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self. Besides, taking into account also the loss of time and service that Onesimus owed Philemon for being away. He was in danger of losing his life upon return. He was a slave. A slave that had done wrong by his master. A slave that had run away and possibly done other things to him and against him. 
Onesimus is somewhat of a criminal, at least in the eyes of the world, and maybe so, so to Philemon in this moment, uh, as he does not know, as Paul is writing to him. And yet, love serves Onesimus. A criminal, a runaway, yet love serves him. Love sees him as a valuable soul. In the eyes of God, in the eyes of Paul, Onesimus is a valuable soul. Love desires that his soul be taught and converted to Christ, and so he is. As Paul teaches him the gospel, he is converted, and he does obey the gospel. He becomes a Christian, a follower of Christ. And we see that love desires the very best for the very worst. We look at Onesimus in the terms that he may be looked at. Then he may be considered as the very worst. But love desires the very best for him. Not that he be punished, but that he be used in God's service. Love desires that Philemon receive him well. And so the letter is written and recorded for our learning today. There are certain things that the Bible teaches us about love and how love is to be shared, especially in, in the way that Paul shares it with Onesimus. We begin with an understanding that the gospel is for all. Turn with me for a moment to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, and beginning with verse 18. We are told here, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the commission that Jesus gives His Apostles, And it's the same commission that we are commissioned with today. In the apostles' absence, we continue to carry on what they did, the work that they began in carrying the gospel to the world. Notice that Jesus says here, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Of all the nations. Mark 16 and verse 15 uh, references every creature. Every creature that is able to understand. Every creature that is able to obey. All the nation. Jesus is not telling them spread the gospel to those who you think will receive it. He's not saying to them, spread the gospel to those who you want to be in the church. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And that's very important. And in Paul's case, he spread the gospel to a lowly slave. Lowly in the eyes of the world. 
one who had run away as a matter of fact. But love shared the gospel with him. But in that, we are to spread the gospel, share the gospel with the world, with all nations, with every creature. This requires love. And love does not discriminate. We must also remember from where we have come. You see, all of us, at some point or another, we understand that we are debtors to Christ. We are debtors to Him because it's for our sin that He died on the cross. And so we are debtors. We understand that we were once sinners. I believe there's a difference between sinners and those that have obeyed the gospel and occasionally sin, make mistakes. There are those that live for sin. There are those that, that, that that's their main purpose in life is to please themselves. And they would be considered sinners. But we have been bought out of that that reputation, so to speak. We are no longer sinners in that that's not our purpose. We want to serve God and we do our very best to do so. We are cleansed from our sins by the blood of Christ when we obey the gospel and we are continually cleansed by the blood of Christ throughout our lives as long as we remain faithful. But we must remember that we were all once sinners. Which is the reason that we obeyed the gospel in the first place. The reason that we became Christians. We were once in need of salvation. We were once in the very same place as all those souls throughout the world that are outside of Christ. Those that have refused or maybe those that have never known. But we were once in the same position as they are. And so we remember that. And through love. We spread the gospel to them. We share the gospel with them in hopes that they might obey. We, we were once the worst of the worst. Sin does not discriminate. If we were in sin, then we were outside of Christ. There is a barrier of sin between us and God. No matter how much that may be, sin is sin. And so we were once the worst of the worst because we were in error, we were in sin, we were outside of Christ. And it is only through the salvation offered us that we are able to come out of our sins and to be able to come before God, to stand in His presence, to be cleansed from our iniquities. Galatians chapter 3 in verses 26 through 29, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
if we look at the world through the eyes of the world, we see that, that we have different distinctions that are made. Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. Some of these don't apply as much to us today, but we still make distinctions in our own eyes, don't we? I remember a few years ago now, it's when uh, Harold Long was still living, some of you remember him from the Friday night singings. And I remember we visited a congregation, and it was a, a black congregation that we visited. It was Morrison Street in Hartsville. And we, we only had two or three congregations like that on the list but but we went to this congregation and I remember the preacher there he had a son and of course the preacher was black and Harold Long was not black he was very white and and they they arrived about the same time Harold Long comes in and I hadn't gotten there yet but this is what I was told I remember them saying something about it at the beginning of the singing but whenever they greeted one another, they shook hands. And the preacher was, well, Brother Harold, how are you doing? And Brother Harold had the same sentiments, brother. And the little boy, the son of the preacher, looked up and said, Daddy, I didn't know you had a brother. There was no distinction in that, that boy's eyes. Even though they looked very different, he thought they were really, truly blood brothers. That's the way that God looks at us, isn't it? You see, God doesn't see the way we make distinctions today. He doesn't discriminate. When He looks at us, He looks at us as His children. And so it says in Galatians chapter 3, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How so? Verse 27, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Those that obey the gospel, no matter what race they may be, no matter whether they be male or female, or even slave or free, there is no discrimination in the eyes of God. All who have faith, all who have obeyed the gospel, belong to Christ. Remembering from where we come helps us to look upon others with the same compassion and love afforded us in our most desperate need. We look upon souls as in the same position that we once were before we became Christians. And so, we see this point that love serves the worst. It served the worst in us and it serves even the worst of the world today. That's what love is all about. Love has a hem in its garment that trails in the very dust. It can reach the stains of the streets and lanes because it can, it must. Author unknown. Love serves the worst of the worst, but it also gains the most. Love that gains the most 
because of the way in which Paul deals with the situation at hand in this letter to Philemon. Because of the way in which he deals with the situation, it is more likely to have the very best outcome. He doesn't deal with Philemon harshly. He doesn't bring commands and, and demands. and uh, That's not the way that Paul addresses him. But because Paul treated the matter with love, respect, and kindness, he was more likely to receive the result that he desired. He was less likely to offend because he was not harsh in his dealings with him. In verses 4 through 7 of Philemon, Philemon verses 4 through 7, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Paul's desire and plea for him is expressed in verses 8 through 14. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. This is how he is referring to himself as aged, as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In verse 10 he says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. He refers to Onesimus as his own son, whom I have begotten while in my chains, for once was Un, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back, verse 12. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to, to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion as it as it were, but voluntary. Paul desired that Onesimus serve with him. He saw him as useful to him in his own ministry. But Paul doesn't make demands here, but he kindly requests the good service of Onesimus. He's very kind in his dealings, very loving, and because he is loving, it makes a great difference and how this letter is going to be received. In the way that we treat others, the way that we speak to them, the way that we act, love is to be kind. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 and 5. Paul says here that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love is kind. And the way that it behaves itself is in a kind manner. 
in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. This is an important characteristic of love, that of kindness, that of kind behavior, of courteous behavior. Love is expressed in kindness one to another. Let's look at love that will not take advantage. Love that will not take advantage. Paul's honesty in returning Onesimus to his master is respectful of the laws of the land and it's also respectful to Philemon too. There were no excuses made in regard of Onesimus' departure but apology and encouragement to forgive him of his wrongs. Paul even takes responsibility upon himself for Onesimus' wrongs upon uh, wrongs to Philemon. In verse 18 of Philemon, but if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. Paul takes responsibility. If if Onesimus owes anything to Philemon, put it on my account. I'll take care of it. But he was honest. He did not try to take advantage of Philemon in any way. He desired that Onesimus stay and serve him. And he could have rationalized it. He could have said, you know, we really shouldn't be involved in slavery at all. Why don't you just stay with me? But he doesn't. He's very honest in regard to the law and to Philemon. Because love is honest, We do not wink at the wrongs that we have done to others, but instead we try to make them right. Paul taught Onesimus to do what he could to right his wrongs. Even though they were done before, he became a Christian. For someone who is in prison, maybe someone that has murdered another person, or multiple individuals, uh, they've wronged someone in some way. Just because they become a Christian doesn't mean that, that they are, are no longer in need of, of punishment, that they are no longer in need of, of restitution in some way. But Paul taught Onesimus to make his wrongs right. And he also set a good example before Philemon in this letter, teaching him the importance of forgiveness of the wrongs done to him. It was important that Philemon receive Onesimus in the right way. But Paul teaches a very important message, a very important lesson that love is honest always. Finally, one more. Love that looks for the best. Love that looks for the best. Paul's desire for Onesimus seeks the very best for him. In verses 15 through 17 of Philemon, 
For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as 